Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. There's a Gemara, there's a Gemara Kedushin that I try to learn with the Chevra every year. We have one week left and I have not learned this Gemara with the Chevra. We haven't studied it this, this year yet. But Ein Beis Medjish Polichedish. I'm not like doing last year. I'm different this year. You're different this year. So let's study it with fresh eyes. And let's, let's learn this Gemara together. I think there's, there's tremendous lessons to learn from this Gemara. Let's study it together. The Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan. The Rabbanan, the Rabbanan learned, Tanu Rabbanan. Tanu Rabbanan is the same as Shanu Rabbanan. The Rabbanan taught or learned. Shanu Rabbanan. The Rabbanan taught or learned. Who Lilmud or B'nai Lilmud? If a guy can only afford one tuition, and it's either he learns or his son learns, who comes first? A guy is his only Maratayra, his only Maratayra, or his son's only Maratayra. So the Allah is who kaidim Lubnai, he comes first. He comes before his son. That's the Allah. If a man could learn Tayra and his son, he comes before his son. Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda says, however, in B'nai Zariz Umimulach, which on the side they uptight Mutzlach, if his son has more capacity in learning, the Talmudai Miskayim Biyadai, his kid's Talmud would, would stay by him, B'nai Kaidmai, then his son comes first. So it depends. If they're equal, the father's learning comes before his son's. If the son is more successful, has more capacity in learning, it's Zariz, his Mutzlach, his Talmud, his Miskayim, Biyadai. So then his son comes before him. Ki Hadr Rav Yaakov. And the Gemara says a story. Rav Yaakov, Breder Rav Acha Bar Yaakov. Rav Acha, the son of Rav Acha Bar Yaakov. Shadri Avul Kameid Abaya. His father sent him to learn by Abaya. So Rav Acha Bar Yaakov has a son, Rav Yaakov. And he sends Rav Yaakov to learn by Abaya. Kiyasa, when Rav Achaba Yaakov comes to visit his son, I guess they had Father's Day in Abaya's yeshiva also. So Rav Achaba Yaakov comes to see Rav Yaakov learning by Abaya. Chazya deloivim echad and shmaitzei. So he wasn't being so successful. He wasn't having so much success. He sees the love him He's not so sharp in the sugya. Wasn't being so matzliach. Amar lay. So Rav Achabar Yaakov says to his son, remarkably, I would learn better than you. Tuvat, you should leave the yeshiva. The ezel that I'm going to come to yeshiva. I'm going to come. I'm taking over your bed. Fascinating. I'm going to take over your bed. I'll have more atzlacha in yeshiva. And I'm going to take over your bed. And you'll go, you'll mind the family business. You run the store. You work the family business. I'll have more atzlacha. I'm coming to learn. And you mind the family business. That was what he was looking for in Father's Day? No. <laughs> the guys are doing so stark. I didn't see one guy home. and. <laughs> It'd be funny if now we had a father still here, like he said, I would do better. What did you say, Mrach? <laughs> so, Shama Abaya. There's definitely a lot to think about. It's interesting. It's interesting. I always run to the story, and I wanted to analyze the story with the Hevra, but the guys are so honest. Like, you hear that Gemara. I don't know if anybody's still with me. I want to learn a story, but I don't want to run over a Gemara like to get to my point. That's very dangerous. I've heard Shiurim where somebody like rips off a Ksais to say their observation on the Ksais. Very dangerous. When you learn Torah, learn the whole thing. Read it. Study it. You're allowed to have a point that interests you and something you want to focus on, but study the whole thing. It's funny. We're learning this Gemara, and the story I want to focus on is coming in a minute. I do want to say that's amazingly intriguing to me. My mind is like racing there. It's hard to read through that fast. Fascinating halacha, that if a father and a son, the father comes first. I saw Yosef was like taken aback. Father and a son, the tata comes first. 
but it says if the benoy is more matzliach, then his son comes first. That's very interesting to me. Like since when, if the father is supposed to learn before his son, let him come first. Somehow if the son is more atzlacha, then his son can come first. It's very interesting to me. If the father's own limerat Torah comes first, since when is it comparative? But somehow if a son has more atzlacha, then beseda, then send your son to learn Torah. Very, very interesting. That Gemara is fascinating. And the Gemara says this story, that Rav Achabar Yaakov sends his son Yaakov to learn. There's, there's almost like so, so, there's such a sad story in some way Clearly, he must have held that his son will be more successful than him. Then he sees his son wasn't being so successful. So he says, I'll go when you go back home. Very, very fascinating halacha. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to analyze in this, in this very Gemara, a lot to analyze. But I want to get to the following story. I want to get to the following story. There's what to talk about. I, I won't come out of it, and I really want to get to the next story. But I, I don't want to... I want to acknowledge, if your mind went places in that first Gemara, Eli, there's plenty to think about. Comes the Gemara, and the Gemara says, Shama Abaya, the Rosh Hashiva. Abaya was a Rosh Hashiva, as the Rashi and Shabbos says, Abaya Rosh Hashiva, Abaya. Abaya, the, Rosh, the head of the institution, hears that Kohavi Asi, he hears that he's coming. He hears of Achabar Yaakov, one of the G'dayli Adars, coming to his yeshiva. Abaya hears that a student of his, Rav Yaakov, is leaving. But don't worry, his father is taking his bed. One of the G'dayli Adar is coming to the yeshiva. Havi Mazik Be Rabbanan Da'abaya. There was some force in the base Madrash, a Mazik. Some call it a shindalid. Some don't say that word shindalid. It's like some spiritual force that's dangerous. And in the base medrash of Abaya, there was a mazik. If two people would come to the base medrash, Afil would be a mama even by day. Having mesazki, they would get damaged. Normally, shindalids only do damage to one individual, and or, normally their powers only by Laila at night. It's a big shaila what a shindalit is. What exactly is this spiritual force? This dangerous spiritual force called the shindalit. That's like the true UFOs. And it's a shaila what a shindalit is, what spiritual it is. But normally shindalids only damage if you have t- one person going biyachid. Shindalids are dangerous and they're normally only dangerous at night. In Abayah's base Medrash, there was a wild one. There was a Shindala that was nuts. It would damage even two people. It didn't, you didn't have, I don't care if you bring Avi Weiner with you, you're in trouble. Doesn't matter how chiseled the guy, and if you bring two or three Hebra, still you're, yeah, even Avi, you're still in trouble. And it damaged even by day, it wasn't only at night. So Abayah says, Omar Luhu, Abayah said to the townspeople, you did the following plan. It was doing damage. It doesn't say, I don't want to say death. It says Misazki would get damaged. So people were getting really beaten up by the Shindalid. People were coming out of the base. Dangerous place. People were coming out quite beaten up. Amr Lu said to the local townspeople, Nobody invite Revachabar Yaakov to your house. If nobody invites him, we'll have no choice and where will he sleep? In the base madrash. And if he sleeps in the base madrash, this wild shindalid will attack him and he'll have an ace and maybe Hashem will protect Rav Yaakov. He's a great goggle and he'll vanquish the shindalid that's destroying our base madrash. Ah, we're going to... Ah, excellent show. Says the Gemara, Esher de Misrachish Nisa. Maybe a miracle will happen in the base Medrash. Frek the Marsha and Shalom Koko, but let's say a miracle doesn't happen. How are you? First of all, it says, Ein Saim Chal Chazal say, you're not allowed to rely on an ace. The Marsha is even worse. First of all, you're not allowed to rely on an ace, and his Lushan is Esher. Maybe the Misrachish Nisa, maybe an ace will happen. Esher? Uh, maybe a nace, maybe. So it sounds like a nace might not happen. 
So how does Abaye have a right to put Rav by Yaakov in such a compromised situation that seems illegal, doesn't seem right, and furthermore, even if he has a nace, a nace is minakin zchuyaisav, it minuses a person's merits. So how does Abaye have a right to put Rav by Yaakov in a compromised situation where he's going to lose merits one, and maybe a nace won't happen? Says the Gemara, what happens? Nobody invites Rav Achimah Yaakov. By force, oil he comes up. Bas bahu and he sleeps in the base madrash. He has no choice. Nobody invites him, and he sleeps in the base madrash. Idmile and the Shin Dalid doesn't disappoint. Comes out and appears to Rav Achimah Yaakov. Kitanina, like a snake, the Shiva Reshvasa, snake with seven heads. The Shendalit attacks Ravach Yaakov and he appears to him as a seven headed snake. So Ravach Yaakov is under siege, a deep trouble, a seven headed snake attacks Ravach Yaakov. This is scary and intriguing. He's attacked by a seven headed snake, he's in deep trouble. Anachash attacks him. Kol Kriya Dikari, every bow that Ravachabar Yaakov bowed Tashem, Natar Chad Reshei, one head of the snake was killed off. Every bow, Kol Kriya, every bow, the Kara that he bowed, Ravachabar Yaakov, one head of the snake fell off, and he vanquished the Shindalad. He killed the Shindalad. He bowed seven times, each bow knocked off a head of the Shindalad. And the Nachash was vanquished. Now, Stam, the bowing and the, sh- and the snake, the Gemara Baba Kama says that if somebody doesn't bow by Maidim, after 120, his back turns into a snake. Now, the illusion of the back turned into the snake, the Nachash represents Kafli Taib, not appreciating kindness of Hashem. The Nachash HaKadmoni convinced Adam and Chava what Hashem gave you was not enough, take more, eat from the Eitz Hadas. The Nachash represents Kafui Toiv. And bowing by Maidim represents gratitude. And bowing kills the snake. If somebody doesn't bow by Maidim, two points for the snake, their back becomes a snake. If you don't bend your back, if you don't bend to Hashem and acknowledge and humble yourself in front of Hashem, so you, you, you're won over by the Nachash. That's the Nachash team. Fascinating. This Gemara, Gemara Baba Kama. This Gemara says every bow that Rav Achabar Yaakov bowed killed one head of the snake. Amr Lulamacher. The next day, Rav Achabar Yaakov says to the Tzabaya, Eloyes Rachas Nisha Sakintin. If I didn't have a nace, I would have been in so much trouble. He gave him Musr. He lectured Abaya, and he said, I don't think it was right what you did to me. If I didn't have a nace, I would have been a big sakana. That is this Gemara Babakama. Allow me to study a marsha with the Hevra. I want to learn the Hilda marsha with the Hevra. And the marsha asked Shalom's Kasha, but I want to study this marsha. I think it's an incredible marsha. I like to study the marsha. This is a Gemara Babakama Lamed Amad Bez. I'm sorry, if everybody could please listen to this Marsha. Says the Marsha as follows. Now listen to the Marsha. Everybody, Mayor, Yair, everybody has the story? You have the story. So again, quickly the story, Yankov. Rav Achabar Yaakov, the God Ladar, is one of the greats of the generations coming to town. He's replacing his son. His son was learning. He would have more success. He's coming to the yeshiva. Abayah says nobody invite Rav Yaakov for the night. He'll be forced to sleep in the base medrash. There's no place else to sleep. He'll sleep in the base medrash. When he sleeps in the base medrash, maybe a miracle will happen. Rav Yaakov, the plan works. Nobody invites him. He sleeps in the base medrash. And sure enough, the Shindalit appears to him as a, as a snake, a seven-headed snake. He's under, he's, he's under threat. He bows, each bow he bows to Hashem, one head of the snake falls dead, and his life is saved, and he kills, he vanquishes the Shindalad. The Beis became safe again. 
The next day, he gives Musr Tabaya. He says, if I didn't have a miracle, you put me in a lot of danger, and he gives Musr Tabaya. So now let's analyze this story. Please listen to the Marsha. So the Marsha asks, Kash ka, kasha. It's a little bit schwer. First of all, had Abaya put him in a dangerous situation, because maybe an ace will happen, but maybe an ace won't happen. How can Abaya put him in a Mokim Sakana? By the way, a person themselves is not let to go into a Mokim Sakana. You're not let to put yourself in a dangerous situation. It's awesome. We have no right. We have no right to put ourselves in a dangerous situation. And here, Abaya puts Rav Achabar Yaakov in a dangerous situation, question one. Question two, even if a nace happens, he'll lose merits. Like it says in Tainus, that a person loses merits. So first of all, maybe a miracle won't happen. And second of all, even if a miracle will happen, he'll lose merits. The Yeshleimar says the Marsha, Abaya was guaranteed he was such a chassid. Rav Achabar Yaakov was so special. And he knew through his prayer he would certainly not get damaged. And that's not called a miracle. Rav Achabar Yaakov would daven and vanquish the dragon, and that's not an ace. Didn't I say nace in the Gemara, though? He says, Shemi He's going to explain right. in a second. Right. He knew for sure Rav Achim Yaakov can daven. He says, Abaya knew the chasidus of Rav Achim Yaakov, and mitoich tvilasa, he wouldn't be nizuk. Through his davening, he wouldn't be damaged, and that's not called an ace. So what did he mean? Abayi said, don't invite him and he'll sleep in the base mesh. Maybe an ace will happen. Says the Marsha, He meant maybe he'll have an ace before he davens. If he davens, he'll zecher win. But maybe Hashem will just bang off the shindal because of his merits. And then, the And Mishum Safik Zeh, he doesn't have to hold back the Vadai that the Shindalid will die. Abaya knew 100% that this Shindalid can't touch. This spiritual force can't touch of Ahmed Yaakov. His only Safik is will it come about through prayer? Will it come about through prayer? That was it sad. That Rav Ahmed Yaakov will daven and that will kill the Shindalid? Or will it come about through Nisei Hashem? If it comes through Nisei Hashem, Rav Achim Yaakov loses merits. If it comes from prayer, so then he doesn't lose any merits. Says the Marshav, the next day, he said, if not for the Nais, he said, you made me lose it. When he said the next day that if I didn't have a miracle, I would have been damaged, he was humble. He really killed the dragon. This Nachashtu was bowing. But he said it wasn't from my tefillus because of Nisim. That was his humility. So that's what Shui the Marsha says in this Gemara. That Rav Achar for sure would win. The only question was, would he win through prayer or through just an ace? And if it comes from prayer, you don't lose merits and it's not called a miracle. Somebody... If, you uh, for a miracle, if, you, if it comes through prayer, it does not have the din of an ace and it ain't an ace. And it won't lose merits. It's interesting. I want to tell you two stories. Two, we were telling stories yesterday. I'd like to tell the Chavar two true stories. In 1948, the old city was under siege from the Arabs, and many, many Yidden's life was in doubt. And somebody told me, a lady, a Rebetzin, told me that they were knocking on doors in Yerushalayim in 1948. And they were saying, Yidden Davin, Fralazich Nishtaif Nisim. 
Yidin pray, don't rely on miracles. I'm so moved that they were living the Marsha. They said, Yidin pray, don't rely on miracles. Don't rely on miracles, Yidin pray. And they understood that what comes through prayer is not called a miracle. I want to say, somebody said otherwise in Yeshiva recently, a wonderful person. I just want to say openly that my belief 100% is we get things through tefillah. Statistically, if you did studies, you would find that when we dive in, good things come. No question. We all have our own stories. Hashem's a shemeyat tefillah. And we get gifts of Hashem from prayer. No question about it to me. That tefillah is effective and Hashem gives us things through prayer. No question. And... And here, the Marsha says that if you daven, it's not called an ace. It's not called a miracle. It comes through prayer. In Yerushalayim in 1948, they were knocking on doors. Yidin daven, don't rely on miracles. Pray, don't rely on miracles. Pray. Hashem's a shemeyat tefillah. He wants us to get it through prayer. Now, there are deep philosophical questions. I admit it. And if you want to philosophize, I'm, I'm sometimes interested we could do it. But, and it's a good philosophical question. God knows what's good for us. If we deserve it, we should get it. It's a fair question. Great people have asked this question. If we should deserve it, we should get it. If we don't deserve it, we shouldn't. Prayer is a chiddush nifla. Prayer is a chiddush nifla. I think it's the chiddush of existence prayer. Understand, you know what prayer says? Prayer is the craziest, to me in the Torah, the craziest thing in the Torah, probably bar none, the most shocking thing in the Torah is prayer. The greats grow up to Hashem and they start fighting with Hashem. Avram Avinu, God, you know, I think you should save Sedaim. Are you being serious? <laughs> You're telling Hashem. You're telling the creator of all, the knower of all. I think you really, Avram Avinu fought with Hashem to save Sedaim. Now it's a pasuk. Prayer is wild what you're doing. You're telling Hashem, you know, somebody's sick, I think you should heal this person. And God himself tells us to do it. The pasuk says, L'chu I was asking my son this summer, that I asked my son, Manny, to learn with me, I asked my son, maybe you'll learn with me. My other sons are headed off to camp. He's not in camp. So I said, maybe you'll learn with me. But I said, one condition that I want to learn with you, son, you have to come fight me. If you, don't, you can't be, if you're just an idle son shaking your head, then, then I need somebody. And I said, it's a pasuk. Hashem says to the Jewish nation. He said, no, I don't agree to that. <laughs> He fought me on that. So I said, you're in. Hashem says to the Jewish people, to, to, to human beings, Hashem says, Hashem says, Come fight me. Hashem, and that's called prayer. Prayer is called fighting. Hashem, Come fight with me. That's prayer. Prayer is wild that you're saying to Hashem, this is how it looks like to me. Prayer teaches us that Hashem cares about the perspective of a human being. That's the essence of the world. The human perspective matters. The human perspective matters. Now, there's deep, deep things to that. That Hashem put our soul as a piece of God. He, we bring about salvation from caring. We enact and bring out, this is a truth of the world. We bring, Hashem put a piece of Him in us, and we bring godliness, and He brings salvation from our prayers. It's wild, philosophically it's wild. What prayer is filled, what prayer says that it matters, this is a basic tenet of Yiddishkeit, that it matters that we care. It matters. Hashem, this, my friend is in pain. Help him out. My friend is hurting. My friend's emotionally hurting. Help him out. It matters that you said that and speak out the prayer. Don't just think it. Say it. Speak it out. Bring it to the world. You bring out Rachme Shemayim. You have a piece of Hashem in you. We have Chelek Alekamimal. It's wild. Prayer is veiled. We're crazy. It's just true. It's a truth of prayer. Come fight me. Speak out. 
Talk out your wants. I want that Hashem wants that Rachamim. He wants you to tap into that inner place that cares, that notices and pray. Guys don't pray enough for themselves and for their friends. Pray for your friends. Pray for your friends. Go pray for your friend. Your friend's suffering. Your friend's struggling. There's so many challenges in the world. Pray for each other. Pray for each other. Sit down and pray for your friend. And says, says the Marsha that if a person gets something through prayer, it's not a miracle. That's how Hashem runs the world. A miracle means that God stepped in above nature to say if you pray. That's part of the Teva Oilam. It's part of the nature of this world. It's a natural thing. Hashem put it into the Bria. That prayer brings goodness. So Hashem puts in the Bria. That prayer brings goodness. You pray to Hashem and it evokes, it brings goodness. Hashem ain't So I wanted to tell you two stories. The first story I wanted to tell you is that, that they were, that in 1948 they knocked on the doors and they said, pray it and don't rely on Nisim. They had that card if we pray, if a nace, a nace could happen, let's pray and not rely on Isim. They had that card when we talk to Hashem, that's how the Bria works. We, we have Yeshua's from prayer. The second story that I want to tell you, I heard this from a student, Reb David Feinstein. Reb David Znift, I want, to, I want to tell you a story in the story. I want to tell you, I have seen in this yeshiva a lot of miracles. I have seen, in our lives, we always, all of us in our individual lives can see the hand of Hashem in our own lives. But in the yeshiva, there are, there are nisim. I have seen open nisim in, in the yeshiva. I have seen incredible nisim. And I want to share with the chevra nase that I saw in this yeshiva recently. I owe it to you. Somehow with the yeshiva, the way Hashem acts with this yeshiva, I see crazy nisim. Abhi. Let me tell you something that happened a week ago. Of Godel Adar, and Rev. is going to speak about this Godel soon. I want Rev. You have it prepared? What? No. Not yet? I would even do it during today. At some point, I'd like, one of the G'daylam and Kla Yisrael was Nifter. I want us to be connected to our people. I don't want a function that we're disconnected. We are a limb. We're part of a nation and we feel for our people. We're not on our own desert island. We're part of a nation that we care for, that we feel connected to. A Godladar is Nifter and Eretz Yisrael, somebody who taught Torah for 80 years, taught Hashem's Torah to thousands of people, Reb Gersh and Edelstein. And it can't be that there's a yeshiva on planet Earth that just like, I don't know, a Godladar was Nifter. So it has to be that we connect to that also. And I promise you, I was feeling badly. Here we're sitting in Durham, Connecticut. I'm not a fake guy. I can't say eulogy. I don't know him. I know of, I've heard. And I wanted that we also should be part of Klal Yisrael. So I went up to my friend, Revezi Shlita, and I asked him a favor. Could you say a eulogy? Revezi is not a pretend person. He said, I'm not prepared right now. I have to study. He needs to hear from people who knew him. We have to hear. We, don't, we, don't, we have to check out and hear and see what's, what's going on. So he said, I'm not prepared yet. He told me at a certain point he'll prepare. We'll yet hear a eulogy from Revezi. I asked next week. One day during Musa, you tell me when. Come in and, and say, I'm ready. And you'll give a eulogy. We should hear what Talmidim said. We should hear a Godel's Nifter. We should hear a story too. But Shui, I did feel badly. Here, Godel's Nifter. And it has to make waves. It has to reach Durham. All of a sudden, Rep Powitz, Meretz Yisrael, comes to Yeshiva. He wants to start a new Yeshiva. Be'ez Hashem Shbimatzliach. He comes to Yeshiva. He sits right here next to me. And he says, oh, did I tell you my son learned by Rep Gersh Nadelstein? He told us a beautiful story. I feel it was a nes, min Hashemayim Hashem. The Yeshiva, we're also, we're a Makam Tyrant. And all the way, thousands of miles away, Hashem sends a shliach Hashem who comes to Yeshiva and shared a story about a very touching, a moving story about Rav Gersh and Edelstein. He said that he said shir for years in Yiddish. And one year he had one Talmud who, who spoke Ivrit with Svardi, was the only Svardi in a shir. So Avadi Yosef's son. 
and he switched the entire shir that he'd been saying for probably decades. In Yiddish, he said in Hebrew that time, he said that year, that kufa, he said for this Talmud, he said the whole shir in Hebrew, he switched language. He kept on the right after. He switched. And he said that he switched for this one Talmud. This one, it's an amazing story. He switched language. It's not a minor thing to switch the language you say shir. If you're used to saying a shir in a certain language, it's not a minor thing. And he switched to Ivrit because this one Talmud needed to understand. So that was a moving story. I felt like a Nesman Hashemayim, that Hashem said Waterbury was part of the Olam Yeshivas, and from this far off, he sent the Maspid, we were to a different there was something very touching and miraculous to me about that. I felt a kiss from God. It was a eulogy about a Godel and a hug and a kiss from God in our Yeshiva. Comes the Marsha, and the Marsha says that it's not an ace, but I owe you a second story. The second story is like this. The second story is Reb David Feinstein. Reb David Feinstein was Nifter. So we, was like, we did hear eulogies. One of his students came to Waterbury proper and said, Hesper, a Yid, Reb Frankel, a beautiful Yid, came and said a eulogy on his Rebbe, Reb David Feinstein. He spoke about Reb David Feinstein. In his eulogy, he said a story. He said that I only saw my Rebbe angry twice in my life. Reb David was very, very calm. I was zeichet to know him. I was zeichet to speak to him a number of times. We had two guys in the yeshiva who were very close to him. His grandson was in Waterbury. He always liked our yeshiva, Baruch Hashem. His grandson was in the yeshiva, Yosef Feinstein was in the yeshiva, and his great-nephew was very close to him, was in yeshiva, Yaakov Sandos. The two studs, two b'nai Torah, beautiful b'nai Torah, Yankov Sandos. was married with beautiful children. Rabbi Yankov Sandos was, was his great-nephew, very close to Rabbi David. He was at his chasna. He used to go back after he would date. He would talk to Rabbi David and his wife, report back. He was very, very close to Rabbi David Feinstein. Yosef Feinstein. So we definitely felt very connected to this gadol in yeshiva. And we were Zeichen, in the Waterbury proper, Reb Frankel came and said a eulogy on Reb David, and he said, I saw him angry twice. Reb David was calm, very soft-spoken person. And he said, one of the two times I saw him angry is somebody was telling him on a certain Reb, I know which Reb, that he does Nisim, and started saying nay stories about this Reb. And Reb David got very upset. He said, he said, where? He was in a pizza shop with Reb David and somebody was telling him these miracle stories about this Rebbe. And Reb David got visibly upset and he said, stop calling it nay stories. He said the Yid, I think he said, I knew the Yid, the Rebbe. He said he was a very good davener. He used to daven. Stop calling it a nay. Wow. Reb David got upset. So what do you call it? Mamish this Masha. Stop calling it. He felt like, you know, like the Rebbe who, shut, shut, who makes funny eye movements and teaches us you have to be a genius to learn. He felt calling these stories miracles takes away from a simple fact that people daven. Hashem listens to prayer. So he said they're not miracle stories. He used to pray. He was a good davener. And he used to pray to Hashem. And Hashem listens. Hashem's a shemeya tefillah. He felt that calling the miracle stories took away from the power of the deep and profound power that is called prayer, that's called davening. People have caches on prayer. There are many caches. My father, and I'm going to point for a second, my father had a balabas who was very, very sick. And he wrote a book. I don't know if it was ever published. He wrote up a lot about his illness. So he was writing up a lot about his illness, this person my father was very close to. And he said that many people ask, here I'm deathly ill, and people are davening to our prayers work. And people are begging for life. And here, a lot of times, we all daven for somebody, and we, we don't always see that the answer is successful. And he said on himself, he said that people don't know my life. And he said, You're, people are diving, and certainly I want more years, dozens more years. Life is made up of seconds, of moments. A person can live a hundred years and not have a good moment in their life. They're not present, they're not alive, they're not living the moment. He said that people are thinking about the big picture of the chayla. He said, do you know that miraculously I had five minutes 
where I was in so much pain, I couldn't pray, I couldn't do a maiseches, and I couldn't do anything. All of a sudden, I have five minutes that I could say a prayer to Hashem miraculously. My ear, I shouldn't call it miraculously, because prayer. But all of a sudden, godly, a gift from God, my ears don't hurt me and I can pray. A gift from God, my head gets clear and I can learn for three minutes. He said, do you understand when you daven for a chayla, if you give him one minute of eternity, eternity is forever. One minute that he could do a kindness. One minute that he could enjoy his wife. One minute he could appreciate his child. This, this person is close to my father. This wonderful person wrote that we daven. Now certainly I know we're asking Hashem and fighting for more. But could you put a value, could you put an amount on five minutes of life that the person could do eternity? There's no value. There's no. And he said, understand that prayer works and Hashem is listening. I don't say we get yes to everything, but understand Hashem's a shemeyat tefillah. He hears prayer means prayer is effective. You can philosophize, and there's plenty to philosophize about. But prayer is effective and it works. And this Marsha says that Abayu was certain that Ravachim would be saved because at the very least it will come from prayer. If it doesn't come, I should say at the very least, the best, the Lechatchila, was to come from prayer. At the very least, he'll have a miracle. If he has a miracle, he loses merits. If he has a prayer, he doesn't lose anything. That's just the nature of the world. You pray and you get, you don't lose merits for that. That's how Hashem designed the world, that a person's mispadal and gets things. So I wanted, to, I wanted to share this with the guys. I feel like a few minutes before we walk out the door. There are guys moving on. Rabbi Sa utilized prayer. Prayer is powerful. And one of the aspects of prayer, one of the aspects, is from Hashem. One aspect of prayer is We ask Hashem for our tzrachim, for our needs. We ask Hashem for our friends' needs. We ask Hashem for Klai Yisrael's needs. It's one of the aspects of prayer. I grant that there are many aspects of prayer. Stam a life connected to Hashem, handing our lives over to Hashem. It's an aspect of tefillah. But for sure there's that aspect of prayer called bakasha, called request. It's not the only aspect of prayer. But there exists in prayer that aspect of the human being asks Hashem. Goes in front of Hashem and asks and Hashem grants us things and cares about the bakash of the human being, cares about the perspective. It looks to me, Hashem, this doesn't seem fair. I don't understand, this doesn't seem fair. And Hashem cares that our, and wants to elicit, wants to bring out those feelings that are in us. He wants to bring that out. Hashem wants to bring out those feelings that are in us. The Kayin Gadol, the Kayin Gadol, Yes, Hashem for rain. After he goes in the Kaddish, he's in the Kaddish Kaddashim and he's praying for Klal Yisrael. And he asks Hashem for rain, but he says to Hashem, if there's somebody traveling, I beg you, Hashem, don't listen to his prayer. He's nervous that it's going to counter his sincere prayer on behalf of all of Klal Yisrael is going to be countered by one human being. By one human being who is traveling and is going to say to Hashem, please don't send rain. It's not good. I'm traveling. I don't want to get soaked. And the Kohen Gadol's nervous about that one guy's prayer. It's interesting. I had a Shiloh with a group of Bachim in the Yeshiva. It's a Gemara Tainus that I'm not going to learn with the Hever now. But I want to tell you like this, that I had a Shiloh. We had a baseball game scheduled, and it was an overcast day, not because of a fire in Canada, because it looked like a threat of rain. It was an overcast day, and it looked like it might rain. And we're in Durham, Connecticut. And I wanted to pray the rain should hold up. We needed to get in that baseball game. The guys needed to run around. Needed to get in a good nine innings. Maybe seven. Now I think they do seven inning games. We needed to get in nine innings of baseball. So I wanted to pray to Hashem. It shouldn't rain, Danny. Then I started thinking that farmers in Durham who need rain. They're farmers. Am I being selfish? And I thought to myself, should we hear my Shaila? It was, it was an overcast. It looked like rain. Our guys were going to play baseball. So I wanted to have him by Mincha. Hold up the rain, Hashem. Hold it up. The guy should get in nine innings. Then, then I started thinking, am I being selfish? And then I said to Hashem, Hashem, I can't think of the world. It's too big for me. I don't know, what's, I don't know what the farmer's needs. 
I know the che- our chevra needs to play baseball. Hold up the rain for the chevra. You made me have a perspective, and you care. And my the the the, the shirt, my that's a piece of you, Hashem, senses, and you care about that. Hold up the rain. They need to play baseball. That's my. I can't run the Gan Sevelt. You run the world, Hashem. I could just I could just see my world. That's prayer. At the point I get Daniel two in my head, stuck in my head. Well, well, maybe. That, that's not what he wants. He wants me to be me. That's not being me. My perspective matters. So I'm coming with my. It would be a disaster if it rained, Hashem. How can you make it rain? They need to get in the baseball game. I was handling with Mendy next week. It's tight. Should it rain? We need the days. Sunday we have Rizone's running thing. So it's not like the players. We have playoffs and championship for baseball, for football. Very important. So it's important. It's beautiful, sunny, geschmacker days. We need, a, we need some sunny days. So you start saying, whoa, you're selfish. And you're, in, in our world, it's very important that the guys get in their game. Super important. So I, that's prayer. Prayer is my, I don't have to get out of my own, my world matters. My perspective matters. You think about what prayer says. It could change your life, by the way. If you think about what prayer says, your perspective and the way it, Hashem cares about that and wants your perspective. He wants your perspective. Somebody asked. Somebody asked. Somebody came. A wonderful person was trying to like understand Waterbury. Trying to like get the yeshiva. If I had to describe it, I would say that a guy's perspective matters. That you matter. There's room for you. You matter. There's room for you. In a secular school, there's no room for you. Go to class here. Take this test. Do this. Bang, 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 bang. Be stark of all the Where's but me? <laughs> there's no but me. Prayer is says that your perspective. Prayer is wild. Prayer says bring your perspective to Hashem. Bring your perspective to God. It's wild. Bring your perspective to Hashem. Do you understand what prayer is saying? Prayer says that it matters that you're very upset that you're to sin. Do you understand that? It matters. And Yeshua's come because you're upset that you're anti-sick. Do you understand what prayer says? A guy here was very, very frustrated how badly his, his friend felt. The guy was felt badly for his chaver. Prayer says, bring that to God. I want it. Bring it out. I feel badly. Bring out. You feel badly. I'll tell you what, Mason. I'll tell you what happened to me. I was doing an interview. I was doing an interview. It was this week, early this week. And I get a text that, we'll be, I'm sorry we'll be late. The interview is scheduled for 11. Can you imagine somebody sending me an apology? They're going to be late. <laughs> it's a funny part to that. Okay, thanks for not laughing. So somebody sends a text that, I'm sorry we'll be late. At 11.30, I'm sorry we'll be late. We're stuck in traffic. So my first response is, don't worry. Don't worry, no problem, perfect. They first, I'm sorry, we're late 11.30, we're stuck in traffic, we'll be here 12. I said, perfect, no problem. Then they send back, traffic is horrible, 12.25. So I was going to write perfect again, I said, Kalish, you're so selfish. Started thinking, Nebuch, they're driving up, they're sitting in traffic. I'm like, don't worry, no problem. And what about them? They're stuck in traffic. I started feeling badly, they're stuck in traffic. So then I was clearing, I said perfect, and I wrote, you hear how, how, how stuck in the head I get? I wrote a text, I'm sorry you're stuck in traffic. And then I erased, I'm sorry you're stuck in traffic. I started handling, it's a Gemara Baba Kama. I'm sorry you're stuck in traffic, but God knows what he's doing. And I started getting confused, I'm sorry, like, it's a Gemara Baba Kama that speaks about this. And then so I was grappling. I'm sorry, you're stuck in jail. Like God says yes, me, I say no. And do you know? That Gemara Baba Kama. I got in my head. I erased. I erased it. I erased. I'm sorry. He quoted the Gemara Baba Kama. He quoted the Gemara. You want to pass? Yo, yo, bring it the Gemara Baba Kama. Let's read this Gemara. But I, I want to tell you something. I need to tell you something. Thanks a ton. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Yo-Yo. <laughs> Listen to this Gemara, Baba Kama. Listen to this Gemara. Yank, if you'll like this Gemara. 
Says the Gemara, it's the Gemara Lamed Chesim Baba Kama. Reb Shmuel by Yehuda Shchivile Barta. Reb Shmuel by Yehuda's daughter passed on. Amrulay Rabbana Lula. So the Rabbanan said to Ula, come, let's go, Nezel Minchame, let's do Nechem Avelum, let's comfort him. Rav Shmuel Bar Abba lost his daughter, let's, Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda lost his daughter, let's go comfort him. Amar Luhu, my Isle Gabi Necham to the Babloi. I don't want to do with the Necham, I don't want to go along with the Babylonians. The Gidufa, they're cursing. The Amri, they say, my Efshar Lemevad, what can we do? They say, ah, oh, what can we do? It's mashma, if you could do, you would do different. If you could do, you would do different. He didn't like their, their comforts. Now it's interesting, you see the Babylonians still did it. Some machlaikis, do you comfort somebody and do you say, what can you do? Lemaisa, I erased, I'm sorry, only, I'm not sure I was right, but I'll tell you, Shui, what hit me. What hit me is prayer. So I would say to Hashem, they're driving up to Durham. This father took off of work to take his son. I don't think it's right he should be stuck in traffic. So I'm telling Hashem what's right. I'm telling you my perspective. He wants my, and by the way, my perspective frees up the traffic. Hashem gives things to his Hashem. He wants my perspective. My perspective matters. Hashem, you made me godly. I want to bring out my perspective. I'm going to tell you maybe, maybe this is the craziest, the wildest thing you heard. It's the Gemara says that if somebody, the people that are zayich to success and learning, they daven. So Pashup Shad is they daven for success and they're learning. I want a taina, a daviner is the best learner that he knows his perspective matters. That's how you learn Torah. Your perspective matters. But tefillah is a chidah nifla. Tefillah says, Shui, that if you feel a certain way, God wants to hear it. Every parent should imitate tefillah. Tefillah says that God cares about my perspective. That's the Torah brings over and over. Hashem, what's happening? I don't see this. I don't understand. She said, I was waiting for you to tell me that. He wants our tefillah. He wants us to bring our perspective to him. That's, that's, that's tefillah. Gav, tefillah is a vilde chedesh tefillah. It's a That he wants our perspective. So when you start getting, well, it's my way of looking at it. Maybe for the, far- the farmers of Durham, they'll pray what they pray. He wants my perspective on things. God will work it out. But he created me to have a perspective. And he wants me to present my perspective to him. Amazing, Shul. Amazing. Isn't that amazing, Dabba Mayor? It's interesting. I want guys to emerge. I want, uh, we talk a lot about honest, authentic people. I'm talking about a guy who knows, like, your perspective matters. I learned with somebody in Eretz Yisroel who changed my life in learning. I learned for two years. He taught me to value my questions. Huh? You're learning like, huh? Before I thought huh was like, that was like my weird oddity. Then I would try to quickly learn Svarim to find the right kasha. The biggest kasha is your, huh? It doesn't feel right. doesn't feel right. Right? Shapiro spoke about this on Shavuos. That if something doesn't feel right in learning, it's very important. Because God created you. If you learn something that doesn't feel right, ask. That's part of the learning process. It matters how it comes through you. And you'll say, it doesn't feel right. You'll ask a cashier. You'll work it out. You'll, it doesn't, it's not sitting with me. Something's not sitting. Those that get good at learning know, I mean this sincerely, the people that get good at learning know that the biggest cash is, huh? Like, eh, something's off. Something's, it's the biggest cash. When you're young, you're like, something's wrong with me. I'm not understanding something. Some, that, it's not sitting well with me. That's, that's the biggest kasha. Your perspective matters. Your perspective matters. And tefillah is built that Hashem wants to hear from you. You say, my friend, I don't understand. He's trying so hard. Hashem, I'm watching my friend. He's trying to learn. He keeps falling to the same, to the same problems and addictions. I don't understand. Help him out. Help him out. 
Help him out. He's trying so hard. I don't understand. Bring that perspective to Hashem. He wants it. He wants it. Come find me. Bring out. I want you to bring out what you are. You know where that perspective comes from Hashem alone. And He wants you to bring out. That's your very task in this world is to bring out your perspective. And then good things happen. That's not a miracle. That's how Hashem designed the world. You bring out your perspective and bracha comes from there. Rav Yaakov says, this snake, what's going on here? What's going on? It's a base medrash. What's got a snake? A shin dalit flying. It's not appropriate. Bang, one head falls off. Another head, another head. Until there's no snake left. Not menaka from the zchuis. He doesn't lose any merits. It's not called the nace. It's just called tefillah. He davened. interesting, we have you have a picture of what you're looking when a guy walks out the doors of the base Medrash I'm thinking a lot about it now, we're going to see it in a few minutes in a, in a, in a, a couple of hours Elio is going to walk out the doors of our Kaisle base Medrash and I think to myself Elio what do you want a guy to walk away with and I, one of the things I want is guys to be daveners now, daveners is fascinating. I'm not talking about a superficial daven. You crinkle and you shuckle. That's good too, by the way. That's good too. I, I want a guy. He should be at the minion, of course. But of course. But of course. Of course. Of course. What does it mean to be a davener? It means that he's expressing his perspective to Hashem and presenting it and bringing it out to the world. Bedeber, not just machshava, bedeber. Machshava, bedeber, bringing out his uniqueness, his beauty to the world. Prayer is a wonderful experience that you're expressing to Hashem. Wonderful expre- experience of talking to Hashem. How it looks, feel as a pella. <laughs> you say that, I really, Rizonia teaches in the yeshiva, he gives his life to the guys, his wife. She was here every Shabbos for years. She was my Nefesh day. She's too sick to come for Shabbos. It's not right. It's not right. For years she came, she pushed. She's too sick to come to Shabbos. They open up their home for others. They can't open up their home. It's not right. It's not right. And Hashem wants, it brings refuels. You dive into Hashem, we dive with such, we're so innocent. We, all of a sudden we turn nice. We're supposed to be a little bit, there should be an emotion. You dive and we're so like, Hashem is impossible. That's not prayer. Maybe you don't even you don't know who you are. You don't know what he put in you. We come to Hashem. Maybe a guy's mother. A guy wants his mother. A guy described to me how much he cares that his mother struggles financially. You know. You know what that looks like in prayer. Hashem, I see my mama. She she gives her life for her kids. I don't understand. Hashem, I don't understand. Hashem wants you. He wants your perspective. That's prayer. There's a fire. Come fight me. I want your perspective. I want your perspective. Could you pass up a Gemara Brachas? If I find it fast, we're going to learn it. If I don't find it, we're not going to learn it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Yom. Thank you, Aaron.
But there's the one I'm a Rebchanina ben Doisa. I'm a Sar, he's in Eve. Rebchanina ben Zaka, Rebchanina ben Doisa. What I'm a Where is it? No, Ahmed. Ahmed Bey's, but what Ahmed? What Ahmed? It isn't Ahmed Bey's. But Ahmed, does anybody know what Ahmed? Daniel, do you remember? Reb Chanina ben Dois, Reb Yochanan ben Zachai said he's not bigger than me, just Amasar and he's an Evid. I'm sorry? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> You're saying I should have sent it. I know, I know, I know. Oh. What, what, Ahmed? <laughs> he said Zion? My first was Yud Ches. You might be, ah. What? Lamed? Let's check. Oh, yeah, here. Perfect. Lamadama base. Thank you, Gav. Listen to this Gemara. Listen to Gemara. I want to tell you a shot that I believe I heard from my son Yaakov, who I believe said it from Reb Tzadok, but I, I, I heard this shot from Yaakov. I hope I'm saying it right. So, Gav, I want to, God found the Amit. I'll tell you a shot from our Chavr, from Yankov. My son Yankov has taught me many, many things. I'd like to share this. This beautiful Gemara. The Gemara says, listen to this, should we listen to this Gemara? Maiser Rebchanina ben Daisa. There was a story to Rebchanina ben Daisa. Shahalach Lilmud Eitzel Rebyechen ben Zakai. He went to learn Torah by Rebyechen ben Zakai, and the son of Rebyechen ben Zakai got sick. So Rebchanina ben Daisa goes to learn Rebyechen ben Zakai, and Rebyechen ben Zakai's son gets sick. Amar Loi. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says to Rabbi Chanina ben Daisa, he says to his Talmud, Chanina b'nei b'kishel avrachmin b'yichya. He says to his Talmud, can you dab, Simcha, listen to this story. This is incredible. Listen to this story, Yair. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai has a student, Rabbi Chanina ben Daisa. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's son gets deathly ill, Akiva. He says to Rabbi Chanina ben Daisa, dab him for me. Listen to this, dubs. So Chanina ben Daisa puts his head between his feet like a tachnun azar. And the kid lives. Kid lives. This is a great Gemara. I love this Gemara. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's wife comes to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and says, Is your Talmud bigger than you? I see, your Talmud's bigger than you. His son gets sick. Her husband, it's so cool, a wife standing up for her husband. You like that, Chewy? The wife standing up for her husband. Is he bigger than you? I see that you have to ask your Talmud to daven. So, Abi, listen to this answer. This is the last thing we'll learn today. Listen to this answer, Abi. You hear this, Gemara? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakeh has a Talmud, Rabbi Chanina ben Daisa. Rabbi Yochum Zakai's Talmud son gets very deathly ill. Rabbi Yochum Zakai asks his Talmud to daven for him, his Talmud davens, and his son gets saved. So Rabbi Yochum Zakai's wife said, Your Talmud's bigger than you? What's going on here? So Amar Lei, Lav. He's not bigger than me. Who doi me ke'evid I'm like a sar lufnei amelech. He's an evid, I'm a sar. Says Reb Tzadok, the way I understand it, I heard this from my son Yankov. Reb Yankov taught me, and I love what he said. Yaakov, listen to this, another Yankov taught me. My son Yankov taught me, he said like this. He said from Reb Tzadok that a sar 
knows what's going on by the king. The prince knows the cheshbonus of the prince. The janitor doesn't know any cheshbonus. He's in heaven. I know secrets. So if the sun's sick, I almost know too much. I hear what Hashem's doing. I'm a sar, I get Hashem's cheshbonus. So my prayer is not so powerful. I know too much. Reb Hanina ben Dais, because he knows less than me, is an Eved. He comes, he's Hashem, that's ridiculous. My Rebbe's a Godel and his son is struggling. He's not so, he doesn't know as much as me. I'm bigger than him. But in a certain way, his prayer is more powerful. He doesn't know. He just says, Hashem, this is inappropriate. The Godel Adar's son is dying. What's going on? He's helping all of us learn Torah. And his son is sick. I don't understand. That perspective brought Yeshua's. I can't come with the same power. I understand too much. Wow. I can't come. I'm a sar He understands sisarim secrets. His knowledge affects us. There's a power to pray. I don't understand, Dasha. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. I have seen people have powerful prayer like this. I don't understand. A sincerity, authenticity. This is my soul, Hashem. I don't get it. I, when this guy was telling me how badly he felt that his mother worked, struggles financially, gorgeous, he doesn't chap, he's a, he's a tiger. He doesn't chap, that's a, he's a shtick prayer. And it matters his perspective. He should bring it, I don't get it. He should, Hashem, is, he comes to Hashem, the guy, Shuri, the guy comes, Hashem, you think is a partner? No, no, come fight me. I don't understand. My mom works so hard. She raises us. She's strong. Give her help. I don't understand. Powerful prayer. Power. And Hashem's a shoymei Your perspective matters. And he said that Rabbi Hanina ben Daisa was able to do more in prayer than Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Amasara says, amazing. You ever heard this from Tzadikav? He says, he's a sar. He understands too much. Since he understands, it's hard for him to be too upset at God. He's Kevin, he doesn't know the whole sugya. Why? I might know some Zayar, some Cheshbin. So he's a Sarah, so I can't come with that same passion because I understand too much. If Ashte doesn't Fashte, that's the most powerful prayer. He's a, he says he's bigger than you. know. I'm bigger than him. He's just, he's, he's from his perspective, he can't understand. Bang. He, he saves the life of Rechinim. Yechrim and Zakai's son. That amazing. You ever heard this from Tzadik? Lamedalit on the base of Abakama. Worth it to be born for that Tzadik, should we know? But it says our perspective. The Gemara says there's a power of somebody close to Hashem at Tzadik. I would say, based on this Gemara, that find somebody who's Ke'evad Lufnei Rabbi. Find such a tzaddik who's bechinas ever lufnei rabbi. There is such a bechina that you, you see a god. If you imagine you go to a god and say, "Okay, they're sick," you know, tikkun. <laughs> if you know, maybe somebody understands too much. You find there's a certain there's a quality of a person who doesn't. I, I told Reb Chaim Brim my aunt was sick. He started crying. He didn't. He was ever lufnei rabbi. He didn't start saying, "Well, I'll pick Kabbalah to Yeshua." You know, he didn't. He didn't go there. Yeah, I told her about how special my aunt was and she was sick. He, he started crying. <laughs> I want to produce a person who's capable of prayer here. I want Elio to walk out the door, daveners. To produce a davener, if somebody doesn't know their perspective ma- matters, so you could have the klipa, the chitzainius of a davener. I shouldn't call it the klipa, but the chitzainius of a davener. Kadaven, but he doesn't know his davening matters. Hashem. He can chuckle, he can crinkle. Davening is filled. Davening, you have to raise somebody who knows that their perspective matters. Understand what it takes to raise a davener? Your perspective matters. Your perspective matters. That's how you raise a davener. Sure. Yeah, Davin Mayor? You'll raise daveners one day? Of course you will. Whole family of daveners. How do you Mayor? Isn't that cool to be a davener, Doobie? 
So when a guy says, I'm a davener, what does he mean? He's aware of his perspective, he feels his perspective, and knows it matters. <coughs> you see somebody just, who, ma'ani, ma'cha, he feels like garnish. Can't be a davener. I don't understand. That's the one you don't want to be too smart and break it out smart yourself. When I had that Misa, and I started saying, but the farmers in Durham, they need. You're like, you're Nishkin Sar, Nishkin Evid. You're Stamul Fafirt. You come with Nairabi, I don't get it. The guys need a good baseball game. Hold up the rain, they had a good baseball game. Hold up the rain. It, 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 it was scheduled to pour. It was close to pouring. I ended up figuring it out, Baruch Hashem, and we prayed. And of course, the rain held up. Of course, they played the baseball game. Tefillah works. Tefillah works. Not the game after nine innings. So, fifteen minutes later, it poured. The farmers won. We won. Everybody, Shalom al Yisrael. But you can't play Hashem. You could just bring your perspective. You know, it, we have meetings. I said I would end. I have meetings in yeshiva. Rizon at meetings in yeshiva always fight for the 10th graders. Always. And at the meetings, all the rebellion laugh. You could ask any rebbe the jokes and the fighting that go on. And Rizon, they're like fights and jokes. and It's Lebedic. And Rizon's always fighting that it's not fair. They should, we should, always, that I love it. His job is not to, and he worries about everybody in yeshiva. But if you run anything, each guy's job is to worry. The head of the Blue Ridge dorm should worry about the Blue Ridge. I don't want a guy to say, well, I'm not really doing with the Blue Ridge because the water break. You worry that the Blue Ridge guys, I'll figure out there won't be. I like when the Blue Ridge dorm does Blue Ridge trips. Aye, but the next dorm, that's my problem, not yours. You run the Blue Ridge dorm. You do you. I'll, we'll, we'll, I like it. At the meetings, Rizone fights for 10th grade. He's supposed to. You know what I mean? He's supposed to fight for the 10th grade. And, and, and Ray was snicking, and Ray will fight for the 11th, he'll fight for 12th, and then everybody will have an advocate. Your perspective matters. Have an excellent day. There's second Seder here, 6.30, Mincha in here. There will be a Sam tonight. Shloyme Abramson seems. Anybody know what time? Machloikis, so 615. So Mincha will be 6. six Mincha, 615, see you. You have been listening to a shear from ShasIlluminated.org. For other shearim on many topics, or to hear an Eon shear on any Dauphin Shas, including Mara McClaimus on each shear, please visit www.ShasIlluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS, that's 203-312-7427, or email info at shasilluminated.org.